Real Talk with Grace Redmond features conversations with fierce and fabulous people from Grace's community and circle who inspire others with their stories of overcoming challenges to create amazing. Grace is an entrepreneur and success coach who works with individuals to diminish their negative mental chatter, boost their confidence, achieve their goals, and increase their prosperity mindset. Get ready for a series of Anything Goes conversations with remarkable men and women that will get you jazzed for life's unlimited possibilities of success, freedom, and fun. Welcome to Real Talk with Grace Redmond. Thank you so much for joining us today. I have a really exciting show. As always, if you have questions, put your questions in the chat. We'll definitely come back to answer those if we don't answer them live. And if you are here with us, please let us know because I won't know unless you tell us that you're here. I hope everyone's doing great. And like I said, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Real Talk where I get to have real life raw conversations with incredible people from my circles and communities who have overcome challenges to create amazing. Today, I have the incredible and dynamic coach Patrick Walsh with us. Since taking over the helm of the Sierra Padres in the spring of 2001, when he was only 26 years old, Patrick Walsh has become synonymous with Sierra football. Walsh, the Padres' all-time winningest coach with 171 victories, led Sarah to a 2017 CIF state championship and has visited the California state championship four out of the past six years. He was most recently named the 2020-2021 California State Football Coach of the Year for the Padres' 5-0 spring season and his role as a driving force in the restart of California youth sports during the pandemic, which literally affected millions of young lives. Crediting the core values of commitment, brotherhood, humility, personal accountability, a strong work ethic, and the cornerstone of Sarah football day before the game chapel services, Walsh has overseen the most successful period in Sarah football history. Under his guidance, Sarah has won eight WCAL championships, six CCS championships, four NorCal championships, and one state championship in 2017. The 2017 and 2019 Padres also won the most games of any Sarah team in school history. Before Walsh took over, Sarah had only made the playoffs three times. Since his arrival in 2001, the Padres have made it to the playoffs 16 out of 19 seasons. His teams have set virtually every school and league record for every major offensive statistical category. Coach Walsh's impressive football history started when he played high school football at De La Salle. He was one of the most decorated players in the history of the program, and he was inducted into the De La Salle Hall of Fame in 2011. I am so excited to welcome Coach Patrick Walsh. Wow, thank you. I forgot what? about Wow. I forgot about half that stuff. And that's 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 not even all of it, Coach Walsh. <laughs> impressive. Oh, thank you for the nice thank intro. You. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I, I know that you're busy, so I appreciate your time. And it's been incredible, you know, to to witness um, every, you know, just all of the accolades and celebrations over the last several years. It's it's been it's been a blessing to witness it. I can't even imagine what it feels like, you know, for you. Yeah, well, that's 
I don't know if it's a weakness. I think kind of as I get older, it's kind of a weakness of mine or a strength, depending how you look at it. But, you know, I just I got emotional just listening to you read all those things because, you know, I don't really I don't look back. I don't really think backwards. I just what do I got to do today? What do I got to do to get better today? How am I going to make the team better? How am I going to make my business better? So, you know, it's it's somewhat sometimes emotional when I think back. And that's why I don't like the nostalgia is kind of a tough thing for me. I don't know if that makes sense to other people, but you know, for me, nostalgia is, I have a weird relationship with it. <laughs> and and I, and I want to get to that. I want to hear more about why nostalgia, you have a real re weird relationship with it, but I'm going to be transparent. When I was reading it, when I was reading it and creating your bio, I really got emotional as well. <laughs> like I just felt like I wanted to cry because just even being part of that, it's magic. It's yeah. magic. Thank you. Yeah. And tell me why, the, you know, the nostalgia feels a little bit um, hard to touch on. Oh, man, I, I've always had a um, a unique relationship with time. And, oh. I, you know, I, I know that time will run out and that's nothing oh. that I'm afraid of. Uh, but it's it's also like just, you know, when I think of my kids when they were three or going to the pumpkin patch. It's like. While I, while I cherish those moments, I know they're gone and I know they'll never be the same. So I think that the fear of that or the, the fear of the nostalgia of that or almost the pain that it creates helps me focus more on each moment mm. I'm living now and currently. Yes. Maybe forecast a little bit on, on where I'd like to be to recreate things that have been positive in the past or maybe stay away from things that have caused, caused pain in the past. But I think that's that's where it comes from. And I don't really have the the, the 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 real source of it yet, but I I think it's just rooted in the fact that you know I live life so deeply and passionately, and and I enjoy each moment so much. When they're gone, I I get sad. <laughs> and but what I'm totally hear what you're saying. It's like what amazing memories, and we want to be continue to be present in the moment to to continue to create. Yes, because what I've noticed, and maybe you can relate to this. I mean, I've had some amazing experiences and memories and I think, gosh, they're gone. But what I've noticed as I grow, expand and stay present, the moments that are created, just they keep getting better and better. Yes. And and I think that's the goal, um, you know, for people who are attempting to live in the present and, and find their best selves. And and there's obviously ebbs and flows to that. Mm -hmm. You know, there's ups and downs and, you know, but I think, you know, the the quest for that is what uh drives me at least to, to focusing on that present moment mm -hmm. um and then someday it'll be a past moment yeah and it'll be something to to celebrate yeah well speaking of kind of those ups ups and downs i know you know during the last couple of years we've all had the ups and downs obviously for obvious reasons how were you able to stay present and continue to move forward when we are in this like incredible chaos yeah well I wasn't actually able to do that. And I think that was, um, you know, the experience that I went through, um, you know, with basically, you know, in, in youth sports was shut down in California. So those of us that were, and then this is not a, a, a you know, a, a punch to anybody, but those of you listening or those of, you know, people that were in technology and, you know, worked for zoom or, you know, the, business got better. Life got, you know, you might've been able to work at home and see your kids more and, and business got better and kept making money and actually more money. And I, I've 
I think those people uh, I really respect and I feel they're, they're uh, I have no ill feelings towards them on the opposite side uh, during what we all went through. There was people who lost their businesses and, you know, lives were destroyed and obviously people died and there was just a lot of, lot of drama, but personally to me, um, there was no Sarah football. There was no school really. There was no next level um, sports at all because we weren't allowed to do sports and it drove me into a very, very dark pit. And this dark pit uh, led to something called tinnitus. Um, I, I can't attribute the whole thing to tinnitus because um, tinnitus, nobody really knows how people get tinnitus. And for those of you that don't know what that is, it's a constant ringing in the ear. Mm. And, you know, sometimes, um, you know, our military men and women, when they're firing guns or people that are a, a drummer or musicians sometimes get tinnitus. Mine was not related to, to any eardrum trauma, but nevertheless, I got this ringing in my ear around, it was actually July 9th, uh, 2020. And so it like set me into in, a, few months just in. a deep spiral, just fear, panic attacks, the whole thing. And so you asked me, you know, how, how did I stay guided? Well, I, I didn't. And, and I think everything combined. And when I went down into that, that pit, um, it allowed me to, to find, um, mm you know, the direction that I wanted to take, which was, you know, to help our kids and our coaches and everyone else involved in new sports to get back out onto the fields. And that was around December of 2020. Well, that was a, thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing because yeah. it shows that sometimes the universe, God pushes us into the darkness to find our, our way out. And, yeah. and thank you so much. Cause you were, and I was following you, you, that, you know, for you to go through that led you to step up and create this movement to help get our kids back out, not only on the football field, but out onto other sports. Yes. So yes. it's like it's through that darkness, which I've experienced darkness that pushed me to, to come back out. And not only did you come out to help yourself. I mean, you're you're helping millions of people across California. I mean, I saw the kids suffer. I saw people suffering. And when I saw you step into that role, um, it, it was like we needed you. Yeah, we needed you at that time. But it sounds like you had to go through your own darkness to come up and, and lead us. Yeah. I remember there was a moment I was talking to my wife, Lindsay, who's, you know, my, my own little angel to help me okay. through, through tough times. But, you know, I was like the San Francisco 49ers have been kicked out of Santa Clara County and you want me to do something like, what am I going to do if the, a billion dollar organization can't even play football? Like, you want me to have the answers now? And like, it was just, she, she just kept hammering on me. And, and, and I, yeah, I, I was just, well, there were so many doubts, you know, and, uh, you know, being able to kind of see the light from it and understanding that the fight in itself is worth everything. Yes. And it led to more, even in the darkest times, like finding one's purpose and finding my purpose and finding my purpose at that moment or finding my purpose every day is something that um, I think is really, really important for all of us. And particularly during that time, yeah. because that purpose fighting for the kids and fighting to get, to get kids happy again uh, mm -hmm. was a singular focus. That was like 90 days of the most focused and intense days of my life, which was amazing.
Yeah. And, and look where, you know, it, it, it got us, it got us back on the field and it got um, the Sarah Padres back out on the field. You guys had a five and oh season. Yeah. And what was that like? I mean, coming back after the chaos, I mean, after being in the darkness, after fucking fighting, what was it like to be back on your home field? It was, it was, it was such a, an uplifting feeling, you know, because human nature isn't meant to social distance. No, we're not meant to do it. We, there may have been a time where it made sense to do that. And that's probably not the argument of the day, No, but at our core nature, we're, we're meant for community Yes, and not having that community and, and whether that's the football team or my coaching staff or, or just friends in the neighborhood, like that was what was stripped away from all of us that when we did get back on the, on the field, it felt so uplifting just to be around humans again. It was like, I never want to lose that ever again. I don't right. know how anyone else feels. I never want that to happen ever again. And, you know, hopefully we can find a way more gracefully through this thing. If it ever happens again, God bless. Hopefully it doesn't, but we can, other States did it more gracefully than we did. We did not have to do what we did to ourselves. I mean, as you can see, I'm getting emotional. Um, because same, like our community was stripped away from us. And I, and something that's so incredible about community and our community is it's just so tight knit and close. And I felt it like we felt it. I mean, we, we also um, experienced that the community being stripped away. Right. Again, I just, I just feel it. Like I just feel the pain and I'm so grateful and blessed that we're back. Right. Can you know share because we do we have an incredible community. I mean, I know there's incredible communities all over the all over, but there's something um, created that's on the field and off the field, mm -hmm. and it's not only is it a community, it's it's a brotherhood. I've heard about it, you know, for years, you know, being living in the community, but until you're in the community, you can't explain it. Yeah. And when I witness these, you know, young, young men and the brotherhood, I'm really blown away, Coach Walsh. Really, I'm blown away. Can you kind of tell us, share, a little, share with us a little bit of how that was created? What's the philosophy behind this brotherhood that's been created? I mean, and it just, it keeps getting stronger here. It doesn't matter if you were there, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, last year. It's real. Yes. And, you know, I... So we are a Catholic school and, you know, I think Jesus's main message was love and love thy neighbor. And we happen to be an all boys school. So we love thy brother, which leads to a, just a simple concept of brotherhood. And that brotherhood is rooted in love, which is what, you know, I think Jesus central teaching. And you look at all the main religions in the, in the world. It's it's love is what is at the center. Uh, it's the most powerful four little four letter word on the planet and our energy source for our brotherhood is love for one another. And that love for one another creates brotherhood, which creates community. Right. And then that community, uh, you know, through parents and, and our administrators and our coaches and our players uh, then leads to a purpose. And then that purpose is bought into from everyone because it's rooted in something good, not something bad. It's not championships or rings or, or weird things, you know, like, ego driven stuff. This is more like a humility based loving environment that people come together for a singular purpose, which is to become closer together. And, um, and then ultimately 
go out there and profess your love for one another through the game of football. That's the best way I can explain. <laughs> I love it. And, and well, you hit it on the nose. It's, it's rooted in, in, in love, right. you know, and it, it, it seems like what, what I'm seeing right now is the pebble, like the tiny pebble thrown in the water and then it ripples from there. So right. we're setting the example of, of love, not only on the field, but off the field. Sure. And then it just triples, tri trickles down into the community. And again, nothing's perfect. But what I've noticed that, you know, even when there are the challenges, it comes back to the core, to the love, yeah. to the community, to, to the purpose. So it's really, it's really, yes, it's football, but it's more than that. Yes. Way more, way, way more than that. And it's actually, I would say it's less football and more of that. Um, football is just the, the vehicle, which it's, it's a, be a, be a beautiful game um, that requires, you know, a deeper level of sacrifice than other games. And I think that allows us to go deeper, uh, not only collectively, but inside ourselves. And there's that old famous saying, you can't love someone else unless you love yourself first. Yes. Um, I, I believe that to the core. Absolutely. I do too. And being able to dive into our, ourselves, find our weaknesses, find our strengths, you know, make ourselves stronger, mm -hmm. plug the holes in the weaknesses, be vulnerable to other people. You know, that, that love for uh, oneself then can go out into the world and, and build a community of love, which ultimately leads to brotherhood and everything else that I just explained. Yeah. I mean, that's key self-love. I mean, that's something I've been preaching for a long time, which I didn't have for a long time. And it's amazing that once you get centered and find the love with yourself and love for your higher power, you know, being God, Jesus universe, that's a game changer. And, and so what I'm hearing you is like you instill that fr from the moment they walk in, like the, the love, like the community, take care of each other. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that, that's um, probably one of our non-negotiables is, while we celebrate individual achievements, we really do. You know, mm -hmm. some kids go to college to play football. Some kids don't go to college at all, mm -hmm. you know, but that's, we, we want a singular focus for one another. And that's, that's our non-negotiable mm -hmm. and, and selfish, um, selfish individuals that are there for themselves and their own personal gain either don't make it. Most mm -hmm. of them do, or they buy in and they understand that by giving of oneself, you actually lift yourself up more and, yes. mm. and, but you have to do it, you know, with, with uh, truth, you, right. you can't be fake about it. Like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to love this guy so I can get more touchdowns or whatever. Right. So if it's well, comfortable, it's, true spot, then everybody lifts. And that's, a, it's also an alignment. If, if I'm showing up and just pretending that I'm, you know, being loving and kind, that's energetic. Like you're going to know I'm full of shit. Correct. You know, and so teaching like, you know, but it goes back to loving yourself when you have that love and integrity, it's going to come out. And that's so all. So, I mean, you have an impressive history. I mean, the wins just when you came in, they had only gone to the playoff three times. I mean, 16 out of 19 seasons. It's got to be more than skill. Yeah. Yes, definitely. But the skill helps. The skill um, helps. But yes. There, but there's something in trend, like there's something behind it. Tell us about that. You're right. You're right. And I would say, you know, in, in the years that I've been there, just um, having the relationships and the support structure, you know, around a singular vision has been mm -hmm. crucial for our growth from 2001 to 2021 and now headed into 2022. And those relationships and, and trust, you know, my offensive coordinator, my defensive coordinator, 
deep, my, my brother coaches the D line, like these relationships, you know, they're, they're not just like title. They're, they're like delegatory positions rooted in the fact that, that I trust them and they trust me. And the reason why that all works together, Grace, is because we are all focused on the fact that through love, we need to build relationships that make all of us better. Mm. And, you know, being able to delegate, like I, and when I was 26, you mentioned in the bio 2001, I didn't want to delegate, nor did I know how to delegate, nor did I know what to get delegate. So, you know, as I've matured in the head coaching role, um, you know, the power of delegation, I've been able to see how that's super important in building an organization because it empowers everybody. Yes. Nobody likes to. Yeah. It goes back to what you said, the self-love, like the, so once I'm rooted in who I am, then I can, you know, like you said earlier, like I can give back and you're giving them the opportunity to step up as, as leaders. Correct. Correct. And then ultimately, I ultimately, I won't be the head coach at Sarah, someone else will be, right. maybe there'll be another offensive coordinator, another defense coordinator, another freshman coach, whatever in organizations, there's always moving parts. Sure. And hopefully, you know, those, uh, the environment that we've created assists people to continue to move up in the world. Well, because you know, there, there, there may come a day, right? There may, where, where there may, you know, where you may do something. There will, there will, yeah. Talking about, you know, you've been the leader, you've been the head of this um, incredible organization. What do you think are key factors for someone to be a leader to to step into that role? Well, I I think first and foremost is confidence in oneself Mm -hmm. and you know know thyself and you know some some yoda stuff about becoming (laughs) a jedi is only rooted from within yeah i love yoda jedi stuff yeah i do too and i and i struggle with that you know i i i do too it's 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 hard it's not it's not something that that is clear every day or you know it's like i wake up every morning knowing exactly where i'm going like that's not true and, you know, there's there's time periods and, uh, you know, kind of segments of my life where I feel like I'm doing better than than others. And um, once I get to a point where I, I believe in where I need to be going and I should go, then I think it's time for me to show other people how to get there or ask people to come along to go to this beautiful spot together. So it starts with the leader. Um and everyone knows when they're working for a fake leader or yeah. a poor leader, it just doesn't lift people. No. So, well, you, you can know, tell. Well, I'm going to share a story. So, I mean, I've heard, you know, when we, when I first got involved in the community, you know, everyone, you know, Patrick Walsh, Patrick Walsh, I didn't, you know, I hadn't met you yet. And out comes this gentleman and, you know, grabs the baby and like this has this energy and it's just like, so dynamic and magnetic. And I'm like, who is that? They're like, that's coach Walsh. Like, now it all makes sense because yeah. you are like, you know, like your energy is real. Like it doesn't get realer than you. And I think that's something I appreciate about you because you keep it real. Like when you need to, you know, lay it down, you lay it down and you you don't sugarcoat it. And I think that's yeah. important and that's necessary for, you know, any leader Yeah, to, to you know, you can't sugarcoat it and you don't. Um, and, and at the same time, you come out like just you are loving and that's who you are. But you also, you know, lay it down, which is important. Yeah. And, and change is painful. There's no easy change, um, particularly if it's if you're changing to get better. 
you know, we, we're, we all get stuck in our ruts and, yeah. and change is painful. So when you talk about truth and being honest, you know, as I'm looking at, you know, that's a 15 year old kid or a 16 year old kid or even myself, like I know what I'm about to tell you is is going to be painful and but it's going to be truthful. And we know together that if we fix it, you're going to get better. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No. Um, and then the message is important, too. If it's delivered, you know, in a in a capping way or to cut someone down because you think that's going to motivate them. Like, I've never been that type of guy. Like, you know, hey, you you know, you you really need to lose some weight. Like, you know, it, there's there's ways to do it where it's like, yeah, let's, let's do this because, you know, you give them a reason or you give them show them the end goal. And that's kind of like my leadership style. It's it's not capping to make people better. It's uplifting and challenging people to, to get them to be better. If you can, can you give us an example of one time if something comes to mind where you had to kind of lay it down on a player and then once you laid it down, you saw him kind of flourish and, and kind of take your words of wisdom and just sure. come out great. Sure. There's there's yearly battles with performance. And the great thing about football is we literally film everything. And a lot of times in football, um, you, you can try to fake football. But the great thing about the game is it'll expose you if you're trying to fake it, whether you're trying to fake it from a physical perspective or a knowledge perspective or even a spiritual perspective. So we have life. <laughs> exactly right you're so right and you, you can't really fake it i mean life and and football is at some point you're going to get exposed and then you're going to be in that position grace where it's like i have a choice make a painful change or stay in the rut that i'm living yeah. so to make to give you a, a good example is you know we had a linebacker last year that thought he was playing a lot better than he actually was so i had to sit down show him the film and say look i love you great person this is not going well and here's why. And I'll do this throughout the course of a year. I'll ask one of my coaches, I need a 10 play cut up, which is 10 plays from different areas of practice or games that I can show this individual what he's doing incorrectly. And then on the flip side of that, show five or six plays on an individual doing it correctly. And it might even be him. Mm -hmm. Here's when you were doing it wrong. Here's when you're doing it right or someone else. And this is where we need you to get to. And usually there's a reason why Grace are not getting there. They're not studying enough. They're not they're not working hard enough in the weight room. Um, and maybe it's just a decision that they need to make to go over that fence that's blocking them, like go over it or through it or whatever it takes to get to the point where, you know, we know you can achieve the way we need you to achieve. So that happens, you know, by position yearly. And it was, I remember the linebacker last year specifically. Yeah. Well, now you talk about mentorship, and I think that's missing in so much of our, you know, young kids' lives is, yes, we have the leaders and the coaches, but what you're talking about is, like, you're mentoring them, and I don't think we see that often enough. Like, we're like, oh, you did great, but did you really do great? So where you're saying, okay, yes, you're, oh, I love you, you're a great person, here's where you could do better, and I think we missed a lot of that, not only um, kind of in sports, but in life. Like, who's there to tell us, you know, okay, this is where you could do better, and I think... I love that. And I think we've gotten soft. I, I think I agree. I think a lot of the culture's gotten soft or like, you know, a C is okay, you know, and a C is okay, but a C is not great. No, you know, and it's, and the, the standard for, for measuring human progress um, has, has, you know, it can't be lowered. No. And, and in our program at Sarah, we're not going to lower the standard 
to meet what other objective is out there. We, and that's the great thing about Sarah high school. That's a great thing about, um, you know, about our football program, our administration is, you know, they support the fact that you either do it right or you do it wrong. And you're allowed to tell someone when you do it wrong. There's some cultures out there where you're not allowed to tell people when they do something wrong, how are I, they going to get better? I don't get yeah, How are you going to get better? Also, yeah. I mean, there's, I, I always talk about there, there's no perfectionism, there's progress, but there's also excellence. Like we, we can, we can, we can strive to be great, to be the best, to be, you know, for that excellence. There, there's nothing wrong with that. Sure. And if, if that's what's within you, like, I think that's great. Right. I just don't think that sugarcoating and, and it's fine. No, it's not fine. This is where you could do. And that's what I, I love that example. And I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Um, something I want to ask you is you've had so many incredible moments as a coach. I mean, I just went and there was more that I didn't, you know, I didn't share. Uh, but what, what you said was one of your proudest moments as a coach was when you were banned from the playoffs in 2015 for forfeiting the CCS consolation game in 2014. Tell us why that was one of the most proudest moments for you. Well, for me, that was one of the proudest moments because we, you know, collectively we made, we made a decision that, and, and I was obviously the, the leader of the decision that we're going to put our kids first. And when I mean our kids, I mean all kids before a decision um, on, on the structure of a, of a playoff system was laid out before us. And, and I didn't do it gracefully enough. And I, a, a beautiful name, by the way, Grace, I didn't do it gracefully enough. Um, and if I had to do it over again, I would have done it differently, but the outcome is still the same. And that was, you know, our boys bodies, their, their brains with concussions and shoulders and knees and hips and ankles. And, and all of that is, something that that's sacred and we're playing a game that's very physical and we have to do it as safe as we can for the least amount of time as we can to achieve what everyone's trying to achieve is win a championship or whatever. Um, and at that time, you know, we were in a playoff, we were playing consolation football and a consolation game is a game that does not lead to the championship. And I think what got misconstrued was my attitude of like, Oh, we only play for championships at Sarah. And that's what came out. And I, I'm going to take ownership on how that, that came out. But that really wasn't my message. My message was, why are we playing games that, that, that literally football games that are consolation football games? They should not be played. These games, you lose, which we did. We lost to Los Gatos, 24-0. Coach Crail at, Mar at Los Gatos always reminds me about that. <laughs> we lost. We weren't good that day, a.k.a. Los Gatos was great that day. Our season was over. Everyone's crying. Move on. It's okay. Mm -hmm. But then we had to come back and keep playing these consolation games. And it just felt wrong. And, you know, five seniors the Thursday before our last consolation game came in and dropped their bags off in my office and said, Coach, we, we don't think this is right. And I'm like, You are, you know what? Good for you guys advocating for yourselves. And then that was a little bit of more um, emotion to go do something that I knew was going to be very, very, very publicly scorned if you will but the love of our community the love of our kids the love of the kids on the other team like if one it got to a point 3 a.m in the morning grace where i was like if one kid gets hurt tomorrow night on either side of the ball i will not be able to live with myself and i said i can't i'm not getting on the bus well you're authentic to yourself and you listen to your players that's right 
which, right. which brings me to, I mean, you know, you're very successful and with success comes, you know, the other side, the criticism. And, you know, I, I've, I've seen some stuff come through. Um, how do you handle that? Like, how do you handle the criticism when you know it's just it's twisted? It's, it's not the truth. Yeah, I mean, it's. I'm not gonna lie. Like some of the things, particularly recently that have, that have happened, it hurts. It's like, wow, that hurts. But what helps is the support. And at times, I'm the buoy to to help people through tough times. But there's other times where everyone else is the buoy to help me through tough times. And when those things happen. And, and the love comes back from the community of people who actually know me and know what, what the mission is, the, uh, it actually makes it simple. But mm-hmm. I got to get to the tough time first. Um, and with social media and, and the power of the pen, anybody can say anything these days. Right, right. So I'm also mature enough, getting to a point where I'm mature enough, where I need to be able to sift through that and, and focus on the things that matter, which is my family who lives in this house, Yes. And my family outside this house, which is, you know, next level sports and Sarah football. And if we're doing right by each other, we don't need anybody else. Amen. Particularly the people who are, you know, trying to fire arrows at something that's a beautiful thing. Yes. Amen. And, amen. Yeah. So, and particularly there was an article written right before the season. I don't know if you're referring to that, but um, gosh, the players really took it hard. They really were like, you don't talk to our coach that way. This is not who. And I, I was like, Phew wow, this is great. <laughs> it's hurtful, but it was great. It may be, it may be. I know there's a few, but it may be that, but you, you're right. Like we, um, as a community, like we know, you know, who you are, you know, as a coach and we understand that, you know, with this, with the, you know, with the controversy comes the other side. Um, oh. And I, again, I love how authentic you are. You're like, you know what? Yeah, it hurts. And at the same time, yeah. you know, I, I have that, that support. Um, Because we're human, we're all human, regardless of who we are, how much we've done, how much we've accomplished. I think at the end of the day, we we we're all human beings who want to be part of something. Right, right, it's true. Did you did you dream of being a football coach? Like, was that your dream? It was, yeah. Well, once I realized I was not going to be a professional athlete, which which was my dream, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. Like I want to play pro baseball. Playing pro baseball was my ultimate dream. And then when I realized that wasn't going to happen, and I realized that I had a love for the passion for the game of football, um, you know, it was at a at a pretty young age, like sophomore, junior in college, that I wanted to give back all the things that I've learned from my great coaches, like Bob Latticer at De La Salle and. Augie Garrido at the University of Texas in baseball and some of these wonderful men that have guided me and guided my teams and communities. Like, I want to do that for, for my, for my living. That's going to be really fun. So would you you say that's that's why, would you say that's your why just like the giving back and being that, that mentor to, to the kids, to. Yeah, I think, but really grace. And I think this is kind of the theme that that's just coming out from this talk is my why is that during specific times of, of my life that because of football and because of the lessons I learned, it, I was living the best version of myself. Mm. And it was almost, it's almost like a drug for me now. Like football season, like gives me an opportunity to, to sacrifice and, and dive into relationships and, and love one another and 
go through the ups and downs of the season and try to build friendships and relationships. Like as a player, that's what I did every time. And, and I made sacrifices and did things in my life that, that made me better. So I would say my why is it makes me better. Mm. And I, I think we've kind of hitting on a theme about self-improvement or whatever. And self-improvement is, yeah, it's just, it it's coming back to that point. I think so. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So. so when we're giving, we're just, well, I mean, you know, as a coach also, they say, well, you're, you're coaching to help yourself I, to get better. So it's, it's a give and take. There's a reciprocity there. True. Very true. And if I'm going to be authentic with the guys, cause I got, I ask the guys every day to get a little bit better. And if I'm not getting better that day, then how can I ask someone else to get better that day? You're right. And, and, and so I want to talk about um, the key factors to your success. I know you talked a little bit about some of them, but what do you think are the main points? Like what keeps you getting up and being successful every day? I mean, I know some days we're not successful. I don't mean it like that. I mean, it just like in the, in the big picture, what keeps you moving forward? Sure. I, and I was, I would say, you know, there's, if, if God gave me, you know, any kind of daily gift, it's, I'm very competitive. No, and, really? <laughs> I'm very competitive. And, and I've had, and I've had to, I've had to manage that over, over my life. And I've, if I'm looking, if I'm looking at the end, like, okay, look at like, what we'll gets you out of bed this morning or what makes you want to strive to, to, for whatever goal I have is I'm very competitive. And I don't want to fail. And I think a lot of it has to be, I'm not the tallest guy. I was never the most um, gifted athlete or that sort of thing. And I was always an underdog and that underdog mentality has served me throughout my life. Mm -hmm. And, and it's been, you know, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do that. When people tell me I can't do something, it's like, dang, man, you're right. That really hurts. And then I try to do it. And ultimately <laughs> I do. You know what's <laughs> all so the time. We it's definitely like, have that in common for sure. You know, I yeah. tell you can't do I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. Let me show you. That's right. And, 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 and we figure it out. Yeah. Well, we I would it. say that's one of the factors. Grace is, is just that I'm a born competitor. I've, I like to compete and, and I like to succeed and I like to, I like to win and I'm driven by that. Um, but in the right way. And that's where I've, you know, because of that, I said, it's a, it's a plus and a, and a minus, but you know, I like to win and, and, but what is winning? So I have to ask that question. You know, I, I like to, I like to be successful. Okay. What does that mean? So I've, I've battled with that. What's success? Is right. it, you know, and it so means something different five years ago, you know, for you five years ago now and in the future could mean something yeah. different. That's right. Um, I'm going to, so that last year when you went to the state championship, Sarah went up against modern day. I mean, one of the, you know, best teams. And what did it feel like to know that your team was going to be competing kind of yeah. at that level? Like, what did that feel like? After all these well, years. I remember when Justin Ferdinand, our athletic director, told us that, you know, we we were selected for that game was, you know, we're the number one team in Northern California. It, it wasn't played for. It was selected. I mean, there was an argument that Folsom should have got picked or Dallas out, whatever. But they they picked us. And, you know. It's been it's been a long time, you know, particularly coming from De La Salle, where they're number one all the time, you know, to, to even be considered you know, our program is better or was picked better, perceived to be better that year mm. um, was like, wow, that's, that's different. And, you know, I'm a competitor. So at some point I'd like to play that out and not be picked. Um, but knowing that we were going to go down and play the number one team in the country, you know, not just California in the country mm. by a lot of points was, 
it felt overwhelming and daunting to be honest with you, on a football side on a program programmatic side and and exposure side and you know being able to celebrate who we are and the opportunity to do that regardless of the opponent it was it was blissful it was amazing i can't even imagine but, but the team i mean we lost 44 to 7 i think and uh you know they're just you know it's a big physical game i always say if if they pray and we pray and they care and we care and they work hard and we work hard and they're 6'5", 240 pounds and they run a 4140 and we're 5'6", and we're 200 pounds and we run a 5640 well there's physics involved in that totally totally we, saw, we, saw, we didn't we didn't back down we didn't tap out we showed courage mm-hmm. um, we showed that we loved each other and we put we we and we did all those things well uh, but just physics got a hold of us there at the end <laughs> Well, ultimately, I think it was, you know, that was the biggest lesson right there. Yeah. yeah, physics played it out in the end, but they showed up. Like, you showed up. The kids showed up. And um, it was an emotional time. So, thank no you. No shame at all on that. No yeah, shame no, at all. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, that was amazing. Like, thank you for leading us, you know, to that point. It was incredible to be there. I think, I think to get there, though, you know, you can't think about that. You have to think about how we got there exactly. on November 6, 2021. We we lost to St. Francis, forty four to. We got crushed. I remember. They never punted. It was it was a very demoralizing game. And then twenty days later, on November twenty sixth, we found a way to beat the same team that literally humiliated us twenty days early. And I, and I, when I mean humiliated, they did proper good football. Just we just got beat. Um, and that is what I think mostly about that modern day game. Not that we actually played the modern day game, but what we did in those 20 days to get there. True, painful transformation of coaches, of focus, of the kids. You know, it was it was it was an amazing 20 day experience, one that I'll never forget. And I was there to witness, you know, that St. Francis game and it and it, it, it was incredible. Um and that's, this is what it's about. Yes, it's about football, but it's about the transformations that happen because those games don't get won unless there's a transformation, you know, from within, unless you come together as a team. And that's been so incredible to watch. It's been incredible to witness, be a part of it. I want to say thank you so much, not only for what you do for the kids on the field, but off the field. And I'd, I'd love for you to share because it's um, you have next level sports. Yeah. And I'd love for you to share with our audience Tell them a little bit about that. And I know it's kind of spread out across cities and states. Yeah. So um, the brotherhood starts with that. If you can share a little bit with us. Yeah. Yeah. My partner and I, Lance Smith, when, when our kids were kindergartners um, and we, we founded, you know, this, an, an idea of creating a flag football league around high school kids. So we pay the high school players to be the head coaches of the youth flag football teams. And the relationship between the high school player and a kindergartner and a high school player and a fifth grader, or sixth grader, that bond was so unique that we basically built our entire business around that. And we said, Hey, if it could work at Sarah, can it work at De La Salle? Sure. If it could work at De La Salle, can it work at Cal, you know, Cal Berkeley, the bears? Yes. So we've just, you know, if it can work for flag football, can it work for girls volleyball? Yes. And it's, it's, it's a co-mentorship environment. Uh, rooted in uh, developing kids and giving them a unique experience uh, to be a part of something special. So growing up playing youth sports, you it's always going to be a memory in your in your brain. 
-hmm. you know, girls and boys. If I can play in a park, that's great. If I can play at Sarah High School, that's better. If I can play, you know, in a park in Berkeley, that's great. Playing in Cal Memorial Stadium is better. Mm. So we have big dreams to create big memories for little kids. Beautiful. And if someone is interested in registering their son or daughter or into the sports, where can they find you? Um, nextlevelsports.com. And I'll make sure that I put that um, information down there for everyone. Thank Coach you. Walsh, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. It's been, like I said, incredible to witness. And for those of what, if you have any questions for Coach Walsh, Walsh or myself, just put it in the chat. I'll definitely come back to it. Um, I know there's a hundred other podcasts you can watch. Thank you so much for being here with us today. And Coach Walsh, again, thank you so much. We really appreciate you and all that you do for the entire community. And thank you for the opportunity, Grace. Yeah, my pleasure. Hang on with me. All right, all have a wonderful day. And thank you so much for being with us. Bye-bye. Hey, love, thank you so much for listening today. I am so grateful for you. I'd like to show you my appreciation by gifting you a free forgiveness self-hypnosis audio download. Part of living the fun and fabulous life is practicing forgiveness. Forgiveness can be such a long and challenging process. My intention is that this forgiveness audio will help you in practicing forgiveness, especially with yourself. Grab it by visiting daretoachieve.com backslash forgiveness. For more inspiring tips, make sure to connect with me on social media. Drop me a line on Facebook or Instagram at Grace Redmond Dare to Achieve. Until next time, keep moving forward towards living your fabulous life.